Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show 2023. Oh, my goodness. What? Nice. <laughs> that's all I was looking for there. Yeah, that's all you needed. The HomeLoanExpert.com studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That's Action Jackson. It's QFTA for 2023, a year that I believe will be filled with erotic stories. Well, you would hope. I think 2023 might be the most erotic year. I agree with that. It's I agree a, with that. It's not necessarily a very phallic-looking number, but... But, you know, it has some tendencies. Sure. No, I agree with that. And therefore, I expect this to be a hotbed of uh, Midwestern erotica. <laughs> Which is the hottest form of erotica. Exactly. Flyover erotica. <laughs> <laughs> T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com is where you can send your questions, comments, erotic stories. Anything and everything is welcome. It doesn't matter. We entertain damn near anything here on the program, so text it in, T. McKernan, InsideSTL.com, thehomeloanexpert.com, sponsor of our studios here in 2023, just like thehomeloanexpert.com was the sponsor of the studios in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, and you're sitting there going, oh, I'm interested now that it's a new year, homes start going up for sale. That's the deal. Well, you can lock in an interest rate right now with Ryan Kelly, and even if they go up, you can still lock it in. And then whenever they go down, you refinance with Ryan Kelly, the home loan It's what I've done and I've gotten pre-approved. I recommend you do the same thing. Ryan Kelly, the home loan Get your insurance from James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Once you get your home from Ryan Kelly, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Great James Carlton was in studios on TMA this morning talking it over with us. I am a client, so when you make the switch, I can tell you firsthand that they do the paperwork for you, and I am so thrilled that I made the switch to James Carlton. It's Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James uh, Carlton is my insurance agent, and Mark Hanna is your financial advisor, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great communicator is what he yeah, is. Yeah, he is. He's, uh, you know, you get on a call with Mark Hanna. And, you know, you start off, you probably have some questions. If you're working with him or if you first call with him, you're kind of explaining your situation. Or, you know, if you start working with him, your situation may change. Yeah, okay. you, you get on the phone, you're kind of either nervous or you don't know what to expect out of this conversation because it's very important. It's your financial future. You get off the phone, I almost guarantee that you're going to feel better than when you get on the phone. Like, that's just what Mark Hanna He's got does. that impact. He's, ser- he's such a good communicator, and that's so important. Someone you know you can trust who's on the other end of that phone line, when you're dealing with something as important as your financial future. So if you're not working with anybody, if you have no plan, no strategy, get in touch with Mark Hanna today. I'm like running out of breath because I'm so like adamant about it. Wow. Work with Mark Hanna. Passion. Uh, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. All right, you can always send in your questions, your comments. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, anything and everything 
is welcome. Uh, this one was sent over our break. Season's greetings, Tim. I was PLTDing this morning and heard an episode from April 2018. It was on the heels of the shooting at Ballpark Village, and you mentioned that you would still buy stock in St. Louis. Four and a half years later, do you still feel the same? And if so, why? Thanks. That comes from Jason. Jason, my answer is yes, but the thing is, anytime I say that, I think people take it one way when I'm kind of focused more on a way that I'm not sure everybody's thinking. The stock is not expensive at the moment, and therefore I would buy it. That's it, 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 So when I say it, it doesn't mean like I think we are about to do incredible things. Right. That isn't necessarily what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's inexpensive because who's buying stock in St. Louis? So you can buy up a lot of it. That's what I'm saying, which I realize. Do you see what I'm saying, Jackson? I think most people probably think I'm saying that I'm like super bullish on the future. Right. Now, reasons why I think the stock will increase in value, even if it is perhaps bottomed out. I don't know if it's ever been lower, actually. Um, I think... And I don't know how things are going to play out. I, I, I want the next 22 months or so to see what goes on with inflation, what goes on with the housing market, what goes on with the 2024 presidential election. That's why I'm asking for 22 months to see what happens and inevitably some major things that we are not discussing right now. Um, but I think one of the things that is a lingering byproduct of the pandemic, people working remotely. And that isn't going away. It's something that people who are in the spot to ask for it are now seeking in job opportunities. And Jackson, people younger than you and people your age and and older are going to be expecting it. It's not going away. I mean, we're, we're approaching three years since the start of the pandemic in March of of 2020. Yeah. Remote working has not gone away. Certainly plenty of places have gone back to the office, but it is something that was eye-opening for people. I can specifically list myself, but I know it went way broader than me. That people go, yeah, why do we do that? And then if that's the case and I can do my job from anywhere and I have family in St. Louis, as many people do, but there are greater opportunities and take your pick of whatever other city I can make that kind of money, but live on St. Louis costs for housing and take your pick of, you know, whatever goods that are more expensive in, you know, the East Coast cities or West Coast cities. I think you're going to find people um, continuing to relocate who are from here. Now, the way a city grows, the way a region grows is by people who have zero ties choosing to move here. Right. Um, I don't know that there is anything at the moment of a large enough impact that, that gives me reason to think that that is going to happen. Um, I make no secret of the fact that I think Mark Monavani was a potentially transformative leader that I believe the region lacks and he it is, you know, the people have spoken and he's run three times and he hasn't been able to win and I think that's unfortunate. Um, I realize other people may differ. I'm not saying that Mark Montavani would have saved St. Louis, but I think he would have made a substantial positive impact. And um, so from a leadership standpoint, I don't see it. 
And from uh, a money standpoint, if you are in St. Louis and you are someone who is in a great spot financially, why would you want to see change? And that is one of the core issues. Why would you want to see change? Because you got a nice situation. The, the, the core issue is, is most people aren't in that spot. Right. And so um, the people who are in control are, and unless when somebody wants to sacrifice for the greater good, I don't know what is going to lead to, to change. But overall, would I buy stock? Yes, I would. But again, I want to make sure I emphasize it. It's like when I put somebody on my daily fantasy roster and you go, man, you really thought DJ Shark was going to have a huge weekend? Right. Well, I liked my chances because he was priced at like 3400 mm-hmm. If he was priced at 6000 like if Nashville is $6,200, i am not buying St. Louis at $6,200. Right. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to convey. But my answer is yes, but it might be for different reasons than, than one might think. Jackson, what are your thoughts? I totally understand where you're coming from. It's not necessarily like you're so bullish on the future, but where St. Louis is, you know, has potential to grow. You know, I've I've I was born in 1998, and from what I can remember, like St. Louis has kind of always been in the same place. I feel like since I mean, the Rams obviously left in 2016, but like I've kind of been in the same place with St. Louis now for basically my entire life. I've now lived in the city uh, for a little bit now, and I get where people are like saying. It just so much of it comes to me is like you just need like a, an area where people can be and hang out and they have sparse areas like that whether it be the Grove or Soulard. Um, but like the not the total reason but the reason Nashville is blown up so much is because people who live all across the country really but more specifically the Midwest go there because it's such a good time and they have such a great system of how they do things. St. Louis doesn't have that and I think building something like that would not only bring in tourists and other people and people who maybe never even considered living in St. Louis, but also would keep people here. I ha- I was at, uh, before Skanksgiving, Tim, we had a little pregame with all oh, my friends. Oh, wow. What do we have going on? And there was probably 15 or 16 people there, and I was the only person who still lives in St. Louis. Wow. I was the only person from my high school friend group that still lives in St. Louis who's there. Um, so, I mean, that to me is like so telling and maybe those people will come back, but some of them I know won't. And that's because, I mean, outside of their family, what do they have to set for St. Louis to come back to? And so when you have that, when people are coming to St. Louis, if they have something like they have in Nashville, if they have, you know, then they start to get people who are living in the city, then you improve the schools, you improve what the crime situation is downtown. That can change things. But like you said before, it doesn't necessarily have to be downtown. You just have to have something where people are, a reason for people to stay or a reason for people to come. At the moment, if you don't get a job in St. Louis, if you're not from here, what would you know, incentivize you to move to St. Louis? That's a, that's a core question. The crime you brought up is not something that is just fixable. Right. There needs to be a plan for it. I'm not chastising you. This is, this is much broader than our podcast. Um, so, yeah, I, my answer to the question that uh, – the email again, Jason asked, is yes, but again, it's not like I think, but I, I the, the stock is low, and, and it's, it's a Midwest city, and perhaps people will go, okay, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, okay, I love living in this neighborhood, but I can get a monster house if I move out there, right. then I'm going to move out there. I think something that you could see happening with interest rates being high and remote work, 
are some cities where housing is relative to other places inexpensive. And you'll see some people relocating here, not necessarily because they love St. Louis, but go, wow, it's got everything. And I can get a monster house here, whereas I can't get anything there for this cost. I think that could be beneficial, but I don't know how much of that there will be. The remote work thing could be a factor for people wanting to move back to St. Louis to be closer to family, but still keeping their jobs in Chicago, Dallas, Denver, whatever the case might be. Um, But yeah, bottom line is the stock value is low, and therefore uh, that is why I would be apt to buy. Tim, you've gotten plenty of criticism, as you have noted, from hardcore Missouri fans for your thoughts on Eli Drinkwitz. But now do you feel vindicated? And how do you feel about what Dennis Gates has done at the start of his season? That question comes from Adam. Uh, Jackson, uh, if anybody is a fan of Dennis Gates at this moment, I would imagine it's you. That's right. Um, were you When he was hired, what was your reaction? Immediate reaction was like, okay, I don't know anything about this guy. Right. Um, but then after you look for five, I mean, it's a very easy search. You see that what he did with Cleveland State, turning them, they were a you know, the dumpster of the Horizon League and then turning around uh, to be at the top of the Horizon League. And I looked, and he's a product of the letter, Leonard Hamilton coaching tree, which I, I'm a big Leonard Hamilton fan. I love the way he coaches, and you see a lot of that in Dennis Gates, that cool, collected demeanor that, okay, like we're going to – he's a, an interesting coach. He has interesting rotations, interesting way he manages a game, interesting pace. Um, all that stuff. So you look into that, and then obviously the next step is who's he going to get because everybody but Kobe Brown and his brother Caleb and Ryan DeGray have transferred, so who's going to come play for the Tigers? Um, and he's died. immediately my first reaction was, who is this guy? But then after five minutes of looking, you're like, okay, you know, and he's young, hungry, wanting to make a name for himself at a Power 5 school. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'd rather him than, you know, like a guy like Tom Crean who's been at Power 5 schools and has a legacy to protect in a sense. Uh, as you were answering the question, I literally got a tweet from an account called David Green's Potential. Uh, David Green was a Cardinal in the early 1980s. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really recall. I remember he was smoking one time at Redbird Lanes. Uh, right. Bowling alley. As one City, does. As one does when they're playing Major League Baseball. And uh, I, I don't know what this is about, but I guess it's, it, it, was, it was at Peoria Plowboy and at <laughs> T. McKernan. Do you see this tweet? I'm talking. No. I was literally sent a minute ago. I'll take a look. Uh, Plowsy, I was never uh, a Dennis Gates hater. Uh, and then a screenshot of the Plowhawk being critical of <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Gates. Perfect. Why, why I was included in that. Yeah, I don't know why you would be. I have no idea. But either way, things happen on Twitter. And uh, so with, with Gates, the reason why... You know, when he, when he was hired, I was like you. Well, I saw the names on the list following Gabe Diarman, friend of the show. Um, and I'm going, who is Dennis Gates? I wanted him to hire Kim English, mm-hmm. you know. To oh, be yeah, yeah. Crystal clear, that's where I was. Um, I also want to say this before there's like a, a victory lap of some kind. You know, they've beaten uh, Illinois and they've beaten Kentucky, but that does not change a program. No. So things can happen, and, and, and this is coming from somebody who is high on him and has been high on him, um, that I just want to keep some element of perspective. Because as, as like Gabe said when he was on TMA this morning, 
you know, there's a good chance they lose tomorrow, and if they lose badly, all of this positive equity will be th- thrown out by yeah. by many. And you know, just like the, the, where his stock was following the Kansas game, and they were blown off the field. The reason why do I feel vindicated? No, I no, I don't. I don't find. I, I don't want Eli Drinkwitz to fail. I'm a Missouri fan. I want him to succeed. What my premise was, the core thing that I think, if I had to identify it, what irritated some Missouri fans was they, number one, were really high on him. And it was after his first year. And I recall an exchange that Gabe had on Power Mizzou with somebody. <laughs> Always a good start. I'll always laugh when you say that. Always a good Where start. Where I don't even know how it came up, but some job was available, and somebody said, does Missouri talked about locking Drinkwitz up to an extension? I think it might have been the and job Auburn. Brian Harson yeah, got. Auburn. Auburn, okay. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like, I knew that Mizzou fans loved the way he spoke. And loved the social media thing and the recruiting. Right. But none of those things translate to victories. Now, you can say, well, recruiting absolutely does. Well, it can, but it it hasn't to date. And there have been other places that have had, like Texas A&M, incredible recruiting classes, and then it hasn't translated. Other times, it certainly does. Look at what Georgia and Alabama has done, and they continue to just restock. If somebody's good at social media, so to speak, that I'm, I, I tend to be more prone to sell my stock on that person <laughs> than buy. I, it's not an automatic one way or the other, but it's just not. It's just. It's not like a selling point no, by any means. Not at all. And and so, it, I, I, my premise wasn't I'm anti. My premise was I'm stunned how pro. Right, people Some people are. were. So I was, when people, I'm doing hand maps now, when when people were over here, Missouri fans were over here on him, like really high on him, and I was back here, then it's like, well, how come you're not on board? Right, right. And now I actually think that the Missouri football program improved 2021 to 2022. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now I think I'm actually higher on Eli Drinkwitz than most Missouri fans are mm. because I wanted to see pro- there was only one game I guess you could say two it depends on how you view it where they just weren't competitive but they were competitive with Tennessee up until the yeah, half big time and they weren't competitive with Kansas State the issue in 2021 is they were not competitive and he was like managing the game to try to keep it from getting yeah and you saw even uglier Kansas State game. He he did a little of that too. Well, yeah, the, the, the touchdown at the end of the game with the timeout, right. some cosmetics. So, it, still, you have you have a quarterback question, you have a play calling question, you have an offensive line question, and while you have an incredibly friendly schedule to start the season in 2023, unlike the way it looked in 2022 when you had a trip to Manhattan, Kansas, a trip to Auburn, Alabama. Uh, a home game against Georgia and a trip to Gainesville, Florida for four of your first six games. Next year, it's South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State, Kansas State, Memphis, all in the state of Missouri, the Memphis game being in St. Louis, at Vanderbilt. That is September. You have to be 4-1 and there, and you could be 5-0. and Now then the issue becomes you have 
starting with LSU. You have LSU at Kentucky, at home against South Carolina, at Georgia, at home against Tennessee, at home against Florida, and at Arkansas. You just have this gauntlet in the second half, but you can build up some equity, and I think that's a huge thing for Missouri football because so often they're already kind of out of it by the time they even get to October. Right, right, right. And maybe you can build some momentum there. Plus, plus they're keeping a lot of the guys who were defensive players that were key parts for next year, which was a, which was a critical element uh, and a question mark going into the off season. So, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel, I like like I didn't feel like vindicated when I said on January fifth that I think that you know January sixth could be a problematic uh, day. I, I didn't expect that. Um. But I'm a fan of the United States, so I don't want to see January 6th happen. Right, so I'm a exactly. fan of Missouri, and I'm not comparing January 6th to Missouri, but my point is I'm not pulling against Missouri. I'm just telling people exactly what I think. And I'll tell you, the, the one thing that I would say is similar, and this isn't Missouri-specific, it's college sports-specific, is how tribal college sports have become with regards to news. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't... I, I'm sure to an extent this has gone on, but my God, yeah, the Missouri-Kansas thing and Brett McMurphy was was a it was eye-opening. I mean, it, yeah, it was it was really something else, and how it still has become a thing. And, and and all you needed was one thing that Brett McMurphy reported to not happen to go see the whole thing was not true, and that was that Ohio that Missouri was going to be playing East Carolina, right? But right. what happened was when USC lost, Ohio State got their spot, and then that moved everybody up the pecking order in the Big Ten, and that is why Missouri wasn't playing East Carolina. And he clearly, he was on Martin Kilcoin's podcast, and he laid out the whole story. He explained it. And here, here's bottom line for me. I don't know that Brett McMurphy was right. I know that Brett McMurphy had a source. That's what I, do I know it? I shouldn't say I know it. I'm confident. He's not bullshitting. The man's been reporting for a long time. But here's the other thing with regards to if Missouri didn't want to play Kansas. If I'm like Eli Drinkwitz, I wouldn't want to play Kansas either. Couldn't agree more. It's a zero upside play. Right. It's a zero upside play. You are a guy whose future is certainly in question in Columbia, Missouri already. You don't know who's going to be playing for you. You know that some of your guys just aren't going to be all that invested because while some of the, uh, the students care about Kansas, certainly a lot of the alums do. If you're 19 years old and from out, Whoever, out of Missouri, matter, yeah. you just don't. Missouri and Kansas, you're playing this Big 12 team. It's kind of like a running joke in football. They're going to be hungry. That's a, that's a, you are in a no win spot. Now, as a fan, I wanted to see him do it. But if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I get it. Then I look at Eli Drinkwitz. I'm like, how do you handle that situation? Um, I, I suppose, I guess you deny it. I, I mean, that's what they did. Right. But. My my point being the way that Brett McMurphy was chastised, and he said on Martin's podcast, he's like, I've been through this before. It's not a big deal. When I had the Urban Meyer report at Ohio State, I had fans that were giving me all kinds of threats. I was, I was right. Turned out to be right. They don't come and apologize. It's no. just part of the deal when you're covering college sports and college football, I think, is probably 10x college basketball. So that stands out to me. And then you can kind of know when you're talking with somebody who is – like a QAnon college sports fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Boy, Missouri has some big time. And and then somebody who's just a fan, but isn't necessarily in that. And you go, God, oh shit. 
you know. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to look at. But but again, I want to reemphasize: this isn't a Missouri no, no thing. This is a college sports thing, and it's just it stands out to me how it's not about what the message is; it's about a way of shitting on and discrediting the messenger. As opposed to like, okay, well, you know, so and so's reporting this. Well, he's a fat fuck, you know. So, you know, so and so. Well, what does he know? He got fired from ESPN. You know, it's somebody like we're discrediting, right? You know, so it's I'm in a weird spot because I'm a Missouri fan with a portion of the Missouri fan base hating me, but yet I'm a Missouri fan. Like I'm going fucking nuts watching the Illinois and Kentucky basketball games. Oh yeah. Um, it's still what Missouri did against South Carolina in football. I yep. know it wasn't like a fun game, quote unquote, to watch. What was it, twenty-four to ten or something like that? Sounds right. But that was an impressive win. The Georgia game—that's progress. Oh, yeah. If they would have got blown off the field, I would be talking about how they got blown off the field. They played with that football team. They kept that team in check. Georgia, one of Georgia's players, actually cited it after the Ohio State game. They said we had been in a similar spot against Missouri. And we utilized what we went against Missouri, and we knew we could come back. Yeah, it's Missouri oh, yeah. and Ohio State being lumped into the same kind of conversation. Do I think Eli Drinkwitz is the second coming? No, I don't. But I think the program has actually progressed year over year. I thought that he got way too much credit for 2020. I think that was based on the LSU thing, which is why I bring up Missouri, Kentucky, and basketball. Not to say they're the same things. But I similar, think, but I, but I, it, it could be. I, I, Kentucky could still wind up having a hell of a year because there's so much talent there. Right. Uh, That's the and, big and, difference. And, and it's and it's it's essentially you need what I mean. Really, when it gets down to it, you can have one or two guys, and you could be yeah. good enough. But if you have six or seven guys, like Missouri's going to play Arkansas tomorrow, and they're playing six guys, you could have a hell of a season, and it can turn around really quickly. LSU in 2020. Had a bunch of guys bail. It was the COVID year, and they didn't have Joe Burrow, and they didn't have the guys who had led them to one of the best college football seasons I've seen in my lifetime, that 2019 LSU team. But Missouri fans were looking for a reason to get excited. They beat LSU with a goal goal line stand, and they have a 500 record in an all-SEC season. You know if you're playing some of the standard blood donors, they probably win eight games if you want to tack on three of those. And so, understandably, people overrated that season. And then you start to have a couple of things, and you go, what in the hell's going on? But as far as progress goes, I see progress. That defense was legit this year. Big time. And, I th- I, 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 again, I'm not saying, oh, my God, look what this guy's doing. This isn't some kind of Sonny Dyke situation or what you know you, you see happening um, at Tulane with Willie Fritz. But th- this is a situation that – that I am a believer in giving coaches time. As far as the song and dance that he does on social media, now it's now it's being mocked and because of the comments he made about Wake Forest and flipping one of their guys and Dave Kloss and the Wake Forest coach, you know, was asked about it and he said, "Yeah, I was disappointed in that because I like Eli as a person and as a coach, but that's not something yeah. that I would do." But that's what he does. Steve Spurrier did it. The difference is Steve Spurrier won. Yeah. And Steve Spurrier did it before Twitter. But th- that's what I see him doing. He's kind of got the Spurrier thing minus a, a resume. Right, the resume. So it's fun if you're winning, but you just kind of look at it and go, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, like not, it's, it's not for some, like, it's it's just not for some people. Well, it's not about not being for some people. It's like, why? Why do it when you don't you have it to back doing? it up? Right. 
Right. I just don't. I don't. I just don't get it. And people are like, "Oh, he's a dork." And I'm going, "What? What are you basing that on? Because right. he's like doesn't have like a standard football coach appearance. He doesn't look like you know Nick Saban or whatever." I don't think that's necessarily fair Mm-mm. either. I just the persona, you know, Tony Larusa would come after my ass often when I was covering him, but I didn't then go, well, I'm not, I don't like him. I'm putting a right. pull against him. I still respected his moves. I have to compartmentalize. I had players who I would have disagreements with when they were on the Cardinals and I was covering the Cardinals. You have to compartmentalize those things. I've never had an inter- interaction with Eli Drinkwitz in my life, so none of it is from my own. I, I, it's strictly, God, Missouri fans are really high on this guy based on 2020, and I think that that's overrating what that season was and now I feel like they're really down on him and here's the thing Jackson I think a lot of it was as weird as it is for example if they beat Wake Forest I feel like the narrative is different and the Wake Forest game was worthless the Wake Forest and I got to be consistent the Wake Forest game was worthless if they win it is worthless if they lose it's worthless worthless absolutely worthless but running around the field winning six games like you've just advanced to play Georgia in the national championship game, you just go, what, and smoking cigars? You're just going, is that the bar? It sends the wrong message. Because what I personally like, for me, about Dennis Gates, and yes, now I'm talking about it, and it sounds results-oriented, but I was, again, I'm buying stock in Dennis Gates, I'm selling stock in Eli Drinkwitz. That's where I was back in whatever the hell it was, I guess, April. Yeah. Um, Dennis Gates is from my standpoint more of a business approach and he recognizes he is in the rebuilding process and he's not in a spot where he can you know pop off they beat UCF Golston hits a shot from half court at the buzzer he walks over to shake hands like Face Jay Wright did yeah yeah to win the national championship right. that's a great comparison yeah uh, you know they beat Illinois a game Missouri fans go oh my god and he goes yeah we didn't play that well yep and you know what? Honestly, because I was sitting there thinking, I don't know if I don't know if they played. There were some elements where I'm going, "Holy crap!" That I thought they absolutely did. And he was kind of doing Tiger Woods. We didn't have our A game, but also if some of those threes don't go in, it's an absolutely different game. Right. And, and certainly Illinois changes their style because they're down by so much, and they're going, "Oh my God, these guys can't miss." Yeah. Even if we don't, even if we think we're better tonight, they're on. We've got a pressure, and now they start turning the ball over, and they're missing defensive assignments. And then, and then Kentucky was on the receiving end of the whole thing. That's why I get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I like that. I loved when Gary Pinkle said 18 years ago, or whatever the hell it was at this point, maybe more than that, uh, when they were hanging with Texas, but they didn't beat Texas, and somebody goes, well, do you feel like it was a moral victory? We don't do moral victories around here. Right. I, that's, that's personally what I like in a coach, and I think you see more successful results with that style, the Gary Pinkle, Dennis Gates. Not to say that they're one and the same, because to put Dennis Gates up there after beating Kentucky and in Illinois and UCF and Wichita State, you know, through, what, 13 games in his career would be ridiculous. Right. Pinkle had, a, you know, 15, 16 seasons in, in Columbia, Missouri. It's a different deal as far as sample size go. But there's not a vindication because – some Missouri fans are super down on Drinkwitz, just like I didn't feel like I was, you know, wrong when Missouri fans were coming after me because I wasn't high on Eli yeah. Drinkwitz. And the Dennis Gates thing, I'm high on him, but I was high on him before this. I didn't anticipate these kinds of results this quickly. That's what I would say about the Dennis Gates situation. Right. 
Um, I'm anxious to see how this how they handle success now because oh, yeah. they're going to get a great test uh, tomorrow night in Fayetteville. Anxious to see how they perform. Anxious to see how they handle it when the shots aren't going down. Yep. And uh, and then when they play an opponent and the building isn't rocking like it was in St. Louis, albeit it was with that weather situation not as packed as it normally would be, and uh, where you have a crowd like you had against Kentucky, what's it going to be like? You know, I don't, I can't imagine the building will be like those when Vanderbilt comes to town no. on Saturday. So how no. do you handle those things? You know, right? But I was impressed with the way they handled the deficit late at Wichita State, the way Gates actually calls plays and they execute it coming out of a timeout. And I was impressed by the calm that they had against uh, UCF, a UCF team that was right there with Houston. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Houston is past weekend. former number one team in the country. Yeah. Right. And Purdue lost to Rutgers. So if Houston yeah. has a win uh, or loss free week, Houston will be right back there. And that's a UCF team that Missouri, granted, buzzer beater, but played yeah. at UCF and won. Got a W. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, because, because, it's it's like if I lose with pocket aces, I don't feel like I made the wrong play. Here's my thought process, and oftentimes I will be wrong. The TCU thing, for example, I don't go, oh, I was wrong about TCU. I know some people go, what do you mean? How can you say you weren't? I'm going, well, I mean, how did the TCU didn't dominate that football game? No. TCU got two pick sixes. Those. That's if you're going at it from an analytic standpoint, you I don't you don't throw them out, but you go okay, all right. You count on pick sixes. You can't. They happen, and you have to adjust. And if you're the opposition, like Michigan, you have to overcome. And they also had two bizarro world possessions from Michigan inside the five yard line. One of which should have been a touchdown, but as a bizarre replay review. And then one of which they stopped them. And then Michigan, for whatever reason, runs a. I guess the, it was like the Philly special. On fourth down, right? Yeah, what you're was, I about. think it was. Yeah, it was basically the same exact. Yeah, play. it was a Philly special, except now teams are not letting the quarterback just wander out there freely <laughs> right. and, and catch it. So, um, you know, I, TC. If it, listen, if TCU goes head to head with Georgia, and you don't have fluky crap going on, and they even if they hang with them and still lose, I would be surprised. No. But hey, you know what? It things can happen, and. For example, if Tennessee plays South Carolina again with Hendon Hooker 10 times in Columbia, South Carolina, I cannot imagine that you would see the result you saw when Tennessee got blown off the field. If Georgia played Missouri 10 times in Columbia, Missouri, would I see Missouri being able to go toe-to-toe with them all the way until essentially the final seconds of that game? No, but things can happen, which makes the stuff great. Um, it wasn't good for Missouri fans, but Norfolk State happened. If those teams play 10 times, I don't even know if you'd get that result. No, more than I don't one think so. Time. So these things happen. So that's what I mean by it, but I also know most people don't think that way. Certainly it's a lot more emotion-based. And so when someone like me, not real likable anyway, starts talking about process and analytics, it alienates people. But that's... That's how I came to my conclusions on Eli Drinkwitz. That's how I came to my conclusions on Dennis Gates. Uh, it was intuitive, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it was, you know, or is right. And it's not a vindication thing because, I, God, I mean, Missouri football for me is Missouri basketball for you. I right. love college football, and I love having Missouri games that matter. And we haven't had a whole lot of them in October Fuck, man. Long time. I don't know. I mean, like really, truly like you're competing for an SEC East 
championship, I think you probably have to go back to 14 when they actually say. won it. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, she had the first year of Kelly Bryant, they lose to Wyoming to start the season. So you already so, kind of know. Yeah, it's, it's just – and then since Drinkwitz has been there, it's just been not, not, not the case. And I think for the vindication point, like neither of their stories are – in Gates' case, even close to finish, or in Drinkwitz' case, who knows – their stories aren't finished, so you can't feel vindicated. I mean, Drinkwitz, and you wouldn't never feel vindicated because, like you said, you're a Missouri fan. Why would you? You're not rooting for Drinkwitz to, to right. go Right, and because a portion of the Missouri fan base doesn't like what I say, that doesn't make me go, oh, I must be wrong. Because, again, I recognize what it is when you're talking about college athletics and hardcore fans. It's right. part of the deal. You are in your bubble with your other hardcore fans, and you say things that if you were interacting with somebody in person, you wouldn't say, not because somebody's tough, but because you get riled up, and then you have other people riled up, and then you say there was a screenshot like five minutes into the Michigan game when they didn't score and TCU scored on the pick six, and Michigan fans were ready to cut bait with the team and fuck yeah. Jim Harbaugh and we're a fraud. Here we go again. Prisoner of the moments. That, that and yeah, and it's in you know they haven't won a bowl game and all these things. And it's the same team that a month ago went into Columbus, Ohio, and beat Ohio State yeah, with a ridiculous them. fourth quarter. So you rec- you recognize it for what it is um i i I just i i think the missouri football team improved year over year and i just cannot imagine that you are going to see the same kind of crap you saw offensively in 2023 just like you had to think the defense would improve but god i didn't think it was going to improve as much as it did so that's a credit to them oh yeah that's how that's that's where i'm coming from on it uh, all right, uh, there it is. You can send your questions in for QFTA, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Anything and everything is welcome. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Uh, friendly reminder that if you're dealing with furnace problems, work with the great Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at DesignAirService.com. Work with Seth, and you'll be thrilled that you did. I'm a client, and I recommend you become a client as well. First class operation, Design Air Heating and Cooling. And then also the great people at Munganess. I'm getting a car from Munganess this week. StLouisAccurate.com and AltonToyota.com, the official automotive provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Work with Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, and Peter Munganest and their incredible staff at Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Tim McKernan Show from the Home Loan Expert.com studio.